Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in-store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in-stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in-stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In-stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and today only deals. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my laboratory. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your favorite one-stop shop for horror news, spooky stories, and real-life tales of the unexplained. Monsters at Midnight, brought to you by the Zima Podcasting Network. I'm your host, the bio-exorcist with the most. I'm a Juilliard graduate, the law school. Uh, I've seen The Exorcist 136 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Matt Schaefer. And joining me as always, she's a maniac, a maniac on the floor. And she's dancing like she's never danced before. Jolyn Dormady, how are you doing tonight? Oh, that was great until that introduction. You're doing just fine. <laughs> and joining us uh, for the first time in about a year, more than a year even, you may remember him as the cultivator of memes, the one who harvested the deep, unsettling tales of Bill on that hard drive from Goodwill, the woolly mammoth of the North Will Gilbertson, how are you, sir? Hello, I'm 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I came up with like wow. two other intro gags when you were doing that intro, and I just had to stick with my first one. But like, not <laughs> that bad. was really fun. Honestly, that was, Shit. that was just fine. And joining us, of, of course, is the one, the mad doctor himself, the experimenter on things, creating mad cultivations in his laboratory, flipping the knobs, working the <laughs> switches. <laughs> and here we go, folks. Here we go. It's Graham Zima. How are you, sir? <laughs> you guys count him as a person now? Back in my day, we didn't even like consider him a human being. Oh, yeah, fuck. In the middle. Well, back in our day, he was... <laughs> back in our day, he was an actual co-host on the show until Aww. he was just like, fuck it. Um... You know, sometimes you have to sell your voice a voice box to buy a recording box. I legitimately thought you said sell your boys, and I'm like, <laughs> sell those hey, boys. I was thinking that we should have an on air like beef or drama due to my exit, just to bump up the views. I thought that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, does it work when you when you say it? Uh, nobody will ever know. <laughs> no one listens to this crap. Just kidding. I want to start by thanking all of our wonderful, wonderful fans. You got us. Into the top 150 iTunes podcasts on film and TV related oh, yeah. media. You guys are fucking nuts. Thanks, guys. I can't believe you guys are listening to this. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> but we love you, all of us, me especially, more me so than Jolene. Hey, fuck you, guy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, guy. Um, also, more big news. We are officially on Spotify. Woo! I don't know what yeah. curtain of copyright infringement was lifted, but all of a sudden, Monsters at Midnight is on Spotify. So if you don't have iTunes or choose not to use oh, it, 
there was no copyright curtain lifted. What? I just what? Took, I just took the risk. Oh my god! Oh, okay. It paid off. You gotta be fucking. You just gotta go for it. So in this for world. like a year, we're like, oh yeah, Monsters of Midnight. There's one old crippled fucking dude that still owns the rights to that song, and he's like, fuck that, <laughs> fuck these little boys and their podcast. And, I am a female and thank girl. You. Thank you. All right. And there this we go. was before you were on the show. I Fair. don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm fucking copyright them. <laughs> Copyright's not real. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Not real. Um, if you're listening, Don Henley, fuck you, by the way. <laughs> Oof, um, Here we go. Uh, and of course, we want to hear you. I mentioned this in the last episode. No one's emailed us oh, with any, any questions, any remarks, Come any on. erotica. Monsters. Some fucking erotica. <laughs> I do too. I promise. Any erotica given will be given uh, on air reading. I Mon- will read it myself. <laughs> Mon- we'll do voices. Yes. Monsters.midnight, spelled M I D N I T E, at gmail.com. Because we would use love it. to get into touch with our fan base this year. We want to push the show in exciting new directions, and this is the best way that I can think to do so. Erotica some- definitely is exciting. I can say that. It is. And of course, always be on the lookout for that hot, creamy content shot into your face by Zima Podcasting Network, including Time to Adapt, Your Music Sucks, or not Your Music Sucks, your <laughs> Just music, music Sucks, sucks in general, and music sucks. Uh, a host of others, because every time I do this, it goes horribly wrong. That's fine. There's a lot on ZimaPodcastingNetwork.com. Yes. Good segue. Good yeah. save. <laughs> I'm a little... This. <laughs> I'm a little buzzed, guys. Oh, great. Uh, uh, February edition of Monsters at Midnight. We have a banger of a show for you lined up. Uh, happy belated Valentine's to y'all. I hope you got your dick sucked or your clitoris licked this uh, past holiday. Um, yeah, me too. We <laughs> um, got it. We've got a quasi-love-themed episode uh, coming on the horizon for you guys in coming about three, horizon. two, one, bolt your doors, lock your windows, and turn out the lights. Monsters at motherfucking midnight rides for the month of February. Motherfucking. Yeah, um, you actually missed one, Will. Just saying. That doesn't count. No, I booed. He missed the boo. No, it doesn't count. None of it counts. Uh, <laughs> None of it counts right now because uh, here we go. Um, I didn't mention the fact that because Jolene is too chicken to. Wow. Me- <laughs> Sorry. Me and William will be playing the official Monsters at Midnight drinking game. See, I thought just Will was doing it, so I thought no, it was a different ballgame. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> both of you. All right. No, I'll it's watch. not just me. It's just us. I, I just like do to you, drink. Do you want a shot glass now, motherfucker? Yeah. This doesn't count either. You do? No, it's, I'll take it from the bottle. I'm fine. Okay. Sweet! <laughs> Jesus. I, I've peaked the fuck out of this episode already. I'm on Oh, this one. is going to be great. I um, peaked when I was 17. <laughs> All three of us are going to be playing the Monsters at Midnight drinking game, which you guys can play at home. I've got the rules for you right here, courtesy of the lovely Jolene Dormady. Jolene Dormader. This is going to be great. Take a drink. Every time we say motherfuck or some variation of it, motherfucking motherfucker. So you both. No, we haven't started Uh, yet. I haven't read the rules yet. God damn. 
what? I can't die on the show, Jolan. I disagree. I oh. feel like that's the whole point. Okay. <laughs> every Honestly. time, take another drink. Every time someone apologizes, someone, quote unquote. It's usually me, but sometimes <laughs> it's Matt. So every, listen. Take a drink every time Matt burps into the mic. Yeah, he does that more than I do. That's true. That. And take a dr- uh, drink every time Jolan boos. I did that at least once, just so you guys know. We haven't started yet. <laughs> Take a shot every time we mention Rob Zombie. Take a shot every time we mention the website Bloody Disgusting. Take a shot when someone gets fired on air, and take a shot when Jolene tells someone to suck her dick. Oh, yeah, that happens a lot. And finish your drink whenever we have to Google something. I'm going to have the rules at hand, because fuck me sideways. I'm not going to even remember what's going on for this. This is going to be great, kids. I haven't started either, so that burp I just did doesn't count. (laughs) We are starting the Monsters of Midnight drinking game in three, two, one. Hope you've got your drinks ready. So here we go, folks. Here we go. (laughs) That's kind of anticlimactic. In the immortal words of Grumbly Zimbly. (laughs) We're going to start off with a topic uh, which... Jolyn and I will be more involved with than Will, but uh, hang tight, all you, all you fans, all you diehard fans of World of Wall. Uh, <laughs> Fuck off. Take it. Uh, hold tight. Will will have a lot to say in the in the podcast. And for once, there is a segment that I will have nothing to say on, so I'll just be sitting in a corner. She she'll probably be reacting though too. Yeah, you'll um, hear me. I'm sure you'll hear me. In a segment that I hope to turn into a reoccurring thing. Uh, retro movie reviews. I made a joke like back in November or December that we would review the 1980 something. Seven. 87. 87's uh, horror thriller film, The Stepfather, to celebrate my dad's birthday. <laughs> my dad and we're was, actually going to do that. Yeah, we actually are going to do it. My dad's birthday was in February. So the loose plots uh, summary of The Stepfather is there is a man named Jerry who poses as an eligible bachelor to get close to uh, women looking for a husband and then murders their family. He comes into this new family's uh, life, the daughter being uh, very suspicious of his appearance, but will they find out his true intentions? Jolyn, what do you think of the stepfather? Well, I'm going to say that um, I don't think his full intention is to murder them. I guess that's just kind of speculation, though. That's true. I, it, it, there, it plays a lot with uh, his psychosis. Yeah, and I think stuff he just like he wants like the perfect family, and then when people inevitably disappoint him because the perfect family doesn't exist, that's when he decides to murder them. Um, but anyway, so the beginning scene is fucking phenomenal. It and is totally insane. I want to say right maybe now, maybe one of my favorite parts. This movie is way sleeker than I thought it was going to be yeah. for being like an independent horror movie of the late eighties. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Um, and also like the, you know, feminist in me is super into this movie because the ladies end up kicking kind of a lot of ass. Yeah. So I'm super into that. Um, and honestly, what I learned, uh is that this movie's based on a true-life story um, about John List, who murdered his family in 1971 and then, like, escaped and married into another family. Um, So that was neat to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently, because there's a 2009 remake, and I guess that might be a little bit closer to the the true-life story. 
Um, but just like a little bit, it still is kind of based off of the 1987 version. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading about uh, John List, this murderer who this movie's based off of, it was just on Wikipedia, but this quote is so fucking bonkers. And I'm like, dude, this, how did I not know about this guy? But um, so in a five page letter to his pastor, found on the desk of his study, he wrote that he saw too much evil in the world and he had killed his family to save their souls. But wait, it gets better. <laughs> uh, he then cleaned the various crime scenes, carefully cut his own picture out of every family photograph in the house, t- tuned a radio to a religious station, and departed. Wow. So that's John List, guys. That's wild. Um, and he married into another, another family. Um, and the reason he was caught later on, I think it was like, 10 to 15 years later um, was because he was on an episode of America's Most Wanted and somebody caught him that way. And I guess in the 2009 version, that's actually how like Jerry, quote unquote, that's his name, whatever, um, gets caught in the movie is that somebody sees him on an episode of America's Most Wanted. In the remake? Yeah, in the remake. Um, So, but uh, the 1987 version um, is absolutely fucking bonkers and I'm a huge fan. Oh yeah. Cuz like Jerry is actually weirdly likable or like no, the actor movie. who I believe is Terry Quinn is very good in it. Yeah. Very very good. Yeah, he's really good at playing like the family man and you kind of want like in the first few scenes you're just like, yeah, he's a murderer, but he's so nice, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. But uh later on, I mean like of everything he does throughout the film, like initially you start to like him and then you see that he just gets a little bit more fucked up even just with like normal family relations. So it's, it's interesting and it's terrifying. Yes. Um, there's a scene where he's like, uh, he calls his daughter by the wrong name or something like that. Or he, he says that his last name is like the last one he used or like the next one he's going to use. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, who am I here? And you're just like, oh God, what's going to happen? And right. then of course like shit blows up and it's just fucking terrible. But shit like that is so terrifying. And mm-hmm. apparently in the 2009 version, they use that a little bit too. That line where it's like, wait, who am I here? Cause it's fucking terrifying. I love that. It's a good line. It's so good. It's a very good line. So yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, I was I went in with very low expectations. I was expecting a very low budget, late eighties slasher movie, That's and I got something completely different. There's definitely slashing. There's definitely so there's definitely slashing. murder. Um, the entire opening of the movie shows Jerry uh, changing his appearance, cutting his beard, cutting his hair as he walks through the house. You see the entire family is murdered. It is a bloodbath and i was hooked i was like okay fuck like this is and like the camera movement is so elegant and so slick and the the of course the small town usa environment is very appealing to me Mm -hmm. uh growing up in a small town uh, what well, you guys grew up in a small town? Yeah, too. we get it. Um, it's uh, <laughs> one of my favorite locales for horror movies because uh, what lurks behind closed doors is something that uh, works so well in horror movies. I think the acting is actually very good. Like I mentioned, uh, the actor who plays Jerry is quite phenomenal. I like the actor who plays Jerry. I don't know if I like the rest of the cast as much, but that's me. I mean, it's it's very good yeah. for late '80s horror standards at least um but yeah the pacing of it is very deliberate and very well executed because you do grow to 
like Jerry to a degree, and mm-hmm. uh, but of course you already know that he's nuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like uh, the fact that the, that the movie can convince you that he does seem like a normal, genuine dude who's trying to be an active part of his wife's new life and his daughter, his step or his stepdaughter's new life. Mm. It's very valid. <coughs> oh, no. That one doesn't count. <laughs> um, I mean, it does kind of sound like you're dying. Um, I think, yeah. I, I just think that, like, every moment in this movie is very meticulous and well thought out to yeah. be a very slow burner of a thriller movie, which was something that I, quite frankly, was not expecting and enjoyed yeah. quite a lot out of The Stepfather. When I first saw it, I had the thought, like, there's no way that he could just put on dis- on a disguise and then just, like, pretend to be another dude. But then I remember Ted Bundy and, like, how he just, like, he'd, like, shave his face. And then suddenly he was a completely different person, even though he was still going by the exact same name. And he mm-hmm. just got away with so much shit that way. So I'm just like, you know what? Maybe he could get away with that, especially yeah. in the 80s. They yeah, don't know exactly. what the fuck's going on. So. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, finding people in the 80s was a lot harder than it is now. Oh, so, apparently. like, um, yeah, exactly. Uh I don't really have much to say other than like, yeah, this movie is great. It uh, is a great slow burn thriller and it builds into a wickedly gruesome and uh, just like wild climax. And uh, I was a big fan of it. Start yeah. to finish. I am going to say though, every time he like called himself daddy and like, referred to his daughter as a good girl or bad girl. I'm like, I am so sexually uncomfortable. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, well, that's, and, and I that think, happens so often. I think, that's, so gross. I think that's the point, too. Yeah, like, it's so bad. I hate it. It is. No, there's a, also a great mo- moment in the movie where uh, he he freaks out in the basement mm-hmm. um, because he thinks that he's failing at keeping the, the family apart, and uh, the daughter hears him have this freak out, and you honestly don't know how he's going to respond to her hearing this and it's just it's little moments like that peppered throughout the movie where like you honestly don't know how he is going to handle the situation that he's in well and like i guess my only like issue with this movie was uh there's like a character throughout the extent of it who is suspicious of him mm-hmm. and like knows him as the guy who ki- just killed his old family and is like searching for him and suspects that he's in this new area and that he's, you know, taking the name of somebody else. Um, and then like when that guy finally finds him and is like, oh, great, it's this guy. He's like totally fucked up. He just gets murdered right away. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Well, why yeah. the fuck was he in this movie? No, ex- that's true. That Well, that whole detective subplot feels very tacked in. And yeah. it feels very like. I suppose you need something. Halloween in there. had this. Like, we've got to have yeah. this, like, sort of mentality. In a sense, you need something to, like, push that along where it's, like, showing that, hey, you know, this guy did it before. And somebody suspects that he's doing it again. And so. This is how we get all of our information about this murderer. Um, did you go to Starbucks? Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> that was Graham. Graham went to Starbucks. I wanted to make legendary first status, joke. right? <laughs> That's so funny. Graham's not doing his job, guys. <laughs> he abandoned his children for like half an hour. And it's it's a shit show now. We've stolen the show. We set the building on fire. Fair Nobody's ever gonna listen I don't to us again. For that. I'll be doing it very shortly. He takes everything with a grain of salt, Art. Oh, boy. 
Um, so yeah, closing thoughts on the stepfather. Um, see it. It's a really good bonkers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like. I always like a semi likable villain, and he is semi likable. You enough. know, at the beginning, he's he's you dig him, but then of course, as it progresses, you're like, wow, this guy's fucking insane, yeah. and he's the worst. Yeah. So. And he does return for the first sequel. I understand. Yeah, stepfather two. And I'm there, still like I can't really remember how, like how he survives the ending of that of yeah. the first movie, uh, but the stepfather two is even more bonkers. That's mm-hmm. what I can say. And there is a third one that has nothing to do with the first two. I haven't from seen my the third one. From what my understanding, like uh, Terry Quinn is not in the stepfather three. And it's like unless it's someone else playing the same guy. I don't honestly know. I don't think. I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen it. And then there's a, a remake as well. So this is a very minor horror franchise. But uh, yes, I recommend the first film. If you're a fan of 80s horror and are sleeping on this one, give it a look. Oh, it's so good. It is much better than I ever... And it's an- so gruesome. It is. And it is much better than I ever anticipated it being. So it is well worth the watch. The Stepfather. Um, Hell yes. On, uh, on a side note, what is with that like weird situation that always happens with a third movie and like a trilogy of like B horror movies. It always has like that weird disconnect from all the other two. Yeah. I, that's that's a a very good point. Like, um, (laughs) it was like with Halloween. Yeah. Halloween three was like the one with the masks, whereas Halloween Mm -hmm. one and two were the same kind of thing. Well, I just, my theory is, uh, people, might be losing faith and try to revitalize it or give it a new angle, especially because number the third movie in the series is notoriously like the hardest movie to nail. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do it, or some franchises rather do it much better than others. Look at Spy Kids. You're yeah. going to so bad. The first sure. two were pretty all right. First one's all right. I I, I like the second one. I, oh, we had a hard point there. <laughs> Man. Steve Buscemi is good, but the second movie also makes no fucking sense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I mean, I you're like implying that any of them make sense. I guess that's yeah. true, but that's because <laughs> Robert Rodriguez pretty... was literally making movies directly for his kids I and like no so one much. else. So. I love Robert Rodriguez. I, I love he- him so much. I hear Alita is getting decent reviews. Yeah, I've, I've known a few. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to say that, but I've known a few people who have. And Alita Battle Angel. Was that him? Yeah. Yeah. They've what all been super fuck? into it. Yeah. Yep. I know. It seems well, weird. Well, it's, it's, it's because the, the reason why it doesn't look like him is because it's a James Cameron produced movie. So it, uh, it looks like Avatar. Or okay, like that's, something why, like that. that's why I didn't realize. I wonder if he's still doing his, that. like, all of his own cinematography and stuff. Even I don't it's know. Just him. I mean, it's always different when an independent act, uh, director gets these big studio gigs right. because, like, that's why. Uh, I've never seen it, but that's why the faculty is so much different than like the rest of his work too. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, stepfather, give it a watch. Happy yeah. Happy birthday, Dad. <laughs> um, moving on to our next topic in our love horror themed podcast for Valentine's Day of 2019. Um, Brought William on. William and I are gamers. Will so much. Will Will <laughs> much more me, than I am. Never call me a fucking gamer again. Sorry. <laughs> There's such a weird stigma around that now. We like, play games funny. on occasion. <laughs> Not played a lot, a but game. sometimes. Yeah. He, he does. Will has played one video game exactly. I played and one, one, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, this is the one <laughs> video game that we've played. 
Uh, for those, if uh, for the horror uh, video game playing uh, demographic in our audience, Which I think is a lot. Yeah, I would hope I would so. I would hope so. Um, it was a indie game that was released for Steam in October of 2017. That's yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, it's uh, what the fuck are you watching? Because I can hear the entire thing. <laughs> Hey man, sometimes you oh, gotta Graham. record and you gotta edit at the same time. That's I know fair. that feeling. I hope he's watching Jesus. porn. Are you watching porn? That would be so it's funny. The mo- it's the most boring porno I've Fuck. ever heard. <laughs> it just sounds like a bunch of dudes talking. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's porn hey. for some people. Jesus. I could- point to myself jokingly. Just slap just the microphone the across Anyway. It. I could make a whole podcast talking about... Porn? <laughs> well, yes, but... <laughs> Obviously. I'm so sorry. Oh, there it is. Oh, no. There it is. Is that our first shot? Yeah, it's your first shot. Take a shot. No. It's a drink? It's not a shot. It's a drink. Take a drink. All right, we have to take a drink. You're take welcome. Dr- Jolyn, take a drink. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, carry on. What were you saying? I was, I was just going to fucking bring up Gachi Moochie again because I have to every time. It's like this weird series of male pornos that's Ooh. like centered around greco what what is it gecko roman what the fuck is it called graham greco roman wrestling greco roman yeah Ooh. it's centered around that but it Gecko-Roman always has gecko i'm just picturing yeah lizards <laughs> fuck wrestling yeah just jesus oh uh. lizards lizards fuck wrestling is like the best band name <laughs> i've ever heard oh my god i i gotta pass it along to my friend she has a huge list of stupid band names. That's my yeah. favorite thing to do. Lizard it's fuck wrestling. It is. There you go. <laughs> Lizard fuck wrestling. <laughs> I think fu- we broke Lizard we broke fuck wrestling. Bye, Matt. Bye. <laughs> it's been a good run. Will, you're the host now. Anyway. Well, well, I mean, as much as I'd like to talk about porn this whole... Why did we get to this? Can we just move along? Pornos well, because Graham is obviously watching uh. porn. Anyway, okay. So, what is it called? Doki Doki... Yes. Uh, it's an literature in- club? independent horror video game disguised as a dating simulator called Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, for those of you in the anime community, Doki Doki is a Japanese term used to mimic the sound of a heartbeat. So, obviously, oh, heartthrob literature club is essentially what doki doki literature club means the premise is it's not happening it's not happening matt burped on air take a drink (laughs) there it is ah you motherfucker oh no and motherfucker two drunks those are both drinks those are both drinks though Two drinks. Just say, take a long drink go do it i screw up that bad (laughs) i'm not gonna apologize for it but shit if you did, that'd be another drink. So mm-hmm. here we go. Oh boy, this is a great show, you guys. I'm so excited. Okay, I love being here. So the premise of Doki Doki Literature Club is you play as and most as in most dating sim games, an unnamed protagonist who is probably spiky hair. <laughs> probably spiky, <laughs> wicked anime hair. He looks like Cloud. Um, is pursued into joining the literature club at his high school by his good friend, Sayori. They always have to have that best friend. The best friend. Childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Who's a female, I'm guessing? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, Sayori yeah. is a female. Okay. You play as 
presumably a male. I mean, I guess it's not very gender specific. Per doesn't se. matter. And I, I, I think, as a side, so what note, do you mean it doesn't matter? I was. Uh, it's so I can feel included. So I'm a part of things too. No, as, as a side <laughs> note, that's a kind of strategy a lot of dating sims will take is like being able to remove that uh, status of gender from the player that makes kind sense. of makes it um you know more accessible yeah like, so chicks uh, can get their freak on too yes yeah uh, they're because freak on as well <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, um, i'm horrified i'm so excited to to game drop another game um game drop that was, that was a good phrase you pulled out your <laughs> ass oh, like there. game drop but a game oh I'm that's so fun sorry. <laughs> um I, I haven't played I'm it, so but um, Daddy Dating Sim, which sounds... Oh, yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah. Is it the, Daddy or is it Dream Daddy? Dream Daddy. Okay. Dream Daddy. Sorry, I couldn't remember. But anyway, um, the whole... You okay? I'm so concerned about that. The, the Isn't Game Daddy. Grumps behind oh. Dream Daddy? Yes, they okay. actually what? made it. It's a very big enigma. Yeah, no, Game Grumps just fucking made a well, game. Well, it's not, it's not Game Grumps. It's like one of the people like, working behind the scenes. They, is it like a gross work, Dream Daddy thing, or is it just like okay. a thing it's called Dream Daddy? It's actually an extremely... Po- I'm sorry, we're totally derailed. We're it's all good. Daddy. It's all good. Um, I mean, welcome to the talk. show. <laughs> um, Basically, it's a dating sim where you play... Uh, single father and they leave it they leave it loose though um they have a whole uh, character creation session where you like get to you know pick all the aspects of the father and you can make them um trans or like anything you'd like and it just like becomes like this really like you know just like Regardless of your identity, you're able to like get into the game. I can take so, that. So like okay. either to get people into the games, they either like have that or they just leave it like yeah. completely ambiguous. Absolutely. So I with th- think that's super cool. Doki Doki oh. Literature Club, it's pretty ambiguous. It's pretty yeah. ambiguous. They, there yeah. is never any gender pronouns. I can dig that. Yeah, no. Here, so. Um, but you're uh anyway, Sayori, <laughs> it's all good. Sayori, oh, hey, did you say sorry? Let's say yes and I, take I a drink. I say yes. I say yes. Drink. Take a drink. I think you said it twice, actually, because you apologized for going off the rails, too. So, okay. Hey, kids. I get take two drinks. about things. And That's fair, but just take two I drinks. I don't need to apologize an accident. No, you you don't. You don't need to apologize. But if you do, then people can take more drinks. So, win-win. Sure. Yes. Um, Anywho. You need a bottle opener. Shh, I got Here. it. Just. Okay. Is, oh, it's on your belt. Um, okay, so Sayori, your lifetime friend, coerces you into joining the literature club at your high school, where you meet three other very beautiful girls named Yuri. That was such a good image. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Carry on. Where you meet a very uh, three very beautiful girls named uh, Yuri, yeah, uh, the huh? shy, timid, uh, older-ish not older as but like one of the older students of the group um natsuki uh the first year who is very standoffish and very loudmouthed and monica the leader of the group who is very charming and very eloquent through the course of the game, you are trying to win the affection of one of these girls based on poems that you write. And the poems that you write is a little mini game where you basically choose any allotment of words that can uh, that will that will then uh, show off which girl uh, it'll affect with that poem. Hmm. 
And it's a horror video game. I am still so confused by Should this. Should we... Spoilers I, ahead. Just gonna say right off the bat, yeah. the game the game's been game, out for yeah. a while. The game is absolutely free too. Yes. So if you're a PC gamer, fucking play this shit. Yeah, it is I one am. of the most investing and like interesting horror games so I have sold. ever played. <laughs> to to give a few spiels, um, it is on the Steam Games Launcher for PC, Mac, and Linux. <coughs> uh, Steam is of course and there's a lot of free games on it. Mm -hmm. I had a whole year period of time where I specifically played only free games on Steam. And it's very, very convenient, you know, like minimal effort or risk. I just, like, would suggest it to anyone just to try. If you don't have Steam, too, I believe it's a free download right from the site, too. Yeah, no, it was super, super easy. From the Um, game developer site, that is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that, too. Duh. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, just like um, I was I was talking with Matt um, at another time. We were discussing um, if we wanted to talk about spoilers. And the, the thing about Doki Doki Literature Club is I think even if you have it spoiled for you and it's talked about and you hear about it, there is still a lot in the like physical moment of seeing it and yes. the visuals that you can't get from dialogue and explaining mm-hmm. it. And there's and also, there's so many variables too, that each playthrough can be different yes. for a person as well. Exactly. Please tell me. Yeah. I want to know what, everything that happens. Yeah, I haven't played it and I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, so, all right. so, so even if you hear this, like uh, we of course encourage you so to still sad. play it. So, yeah. so much to it. <laughs> so we're getting into the spoilers now. Please play the game. It's absolutely free. Um, give it a shot. And if you don't want to hear any spoilers, come back later when we talk about uh, romance and the correlation it has with horror films. Th- about literally two hours into the game, at least for me and for most players, um you find out that your good friend Sayori has been battling depression all of her life. Uh-oh. Um, after uh, speaking to her about this and certain other things, uh, depending on how you play through, whether you would <laughs> just take a drink. <laughs> That's another drink. Take a drink, kids. Matt loves burping. There you go. It's a win-win. Um... Basically, the decision is you can... uh, Well, I'm not going to tell you what the decision is because uh, it's the outcome doesn't change per se. Um, You come to school one morning to find Sayori not there. And the poem that she was supposed to submit to this uh, festival... Not festival, but basically like a recruitment uh, thing where you can uh, show off all the clubs and it's stuff like that, like like uh, enrollment week at a college right. where right. everyone's got their like booths up and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, everyone's supposed to submit a poem. Sayori's poem has been replaced by a poem that just says "Get out of my head," repeated many many times. Ooh. You co- after school, you co- go to her house to check up on her because you haven't heard from her and you find that Sayori has hanged herself. At which point the game sort of breaks per se. It appears as if it's glitching out and then you are hard after like a very uh, morose soliloquy 
about your dead friend, you're hard kicked back to the title menu where the four girls strike their usual poses, except Sayori is an obscured, uh, like glitched block of pixels. Oh my and God, that's I'd horrifying. Just like to interrupt for a second, just to interject a few thoughts mm-hmm. too about the progression of the plot and the game. Um, I personally have not encountered many instances where a game is able to create a sense of tension in the background that slowly like kind of bubbles up and like has this gradual incline. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, uh, do you remember the name of the creator? Salve something. Oh, it's a team Salvato. Team yeah, Salvato, because uh, the, um, dev- the dev- Dan Salvato is Dan the Salvato. lead developer. He um, makes sure to include small details dropped, in, drizzled in. Yeah, throughout a lot of foreshadowing. Of I notice it especially and on a play, uh, second playthrough. Exactly, and it is easier to notice um, when you're looking for something out of place. But even. Um, if you weren't expecting anything to happen and you were coming in um, as a dry playthrough, not knowing anything dubious about the game, mm-hmm. it still is there in your mind. And yeah. I think that's extremely powerful because it could easily be glanced over, but somehow it's still acknowledged regardless. And he has this uh, just gradual incline of just like tension and it melds so well with the format of a dating sim mm-hmm. that you almost don't even acknowledge it happening. Yes. And, uh, of course the moment where you find her hanging is like kind of that. It's, tipping like, point. it's like, what the fuck did and I just walk into? Like, like you, you instantly enter in a second stage of the game. Really, it's like a completely you, different game. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're kind of let into <laughs> what the game is about, mm-hmm. but like even then through that whole I mean, fraction of the game like that you dive into where you know what this is. You're constantly surprised with attention and mm-hmm. you constantly have new things thrown in your face that throw you for a loop. And it's all segmented out into the whole playthrough mm-hmm. just to like, create this whole experience that's been so like cultivated and like carefully planned by him. Yes. And I, I don't know, just like. I, I, just, I just wanted to give a few words on that. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. so amazing how gradual the tension builds. Yes. And, I, I mean, that's so, so, so important in writing and stories, you know, like mm-hmm. with the conceptualization of it from Edgar Allan Poe. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, y- you could basically compare the creator of this game to Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. I mean, it's so akin almost. You know, no, you yeah, know? it's, it's very, there so is like, a direct through line oh. to like classic uh, literature and how like, how easy it is to take a reader by surprise, but also plant hints along the way. So Beautiful. deep down, it's not a total surprise. So coattailing off of what you said, I, we're good. Co- take co- a drink. Come on. It's worth it. Fine. Take a, take a, drink. Take a drink. That was a burp. Cheers. Are all our audience just dead at this point? Maybe. If they're having Maybe. beer like us, I hope not. We've been drinking. Because we haven't taken have, any shots so. yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, 
we haven't dropped any names or yada yada. <sighs> um, co-tailing off of what you said, a little preface to this game is Dan Salvato, the lead developer behind Team Salvato who made this game, has said that this game is supposed to be a parody of dating sims and anime in general. Oh and, God, I kind and, of like long, <laughs> long discussions on that. And it's like, it's based <laughs> around like user expectations or player expectations, viewer expectations of the genre and such and such and yada, yada, yada. But like, like you said about clues, like I said, for me at least, and for some other people that I know, it took two hours to get to that moment. In those two hours, like, you're either getting really close to Yori, Natsuki, or uh, Sayori. And, like, and there are different ways to play, different ways to appease the girls, and different uh, little story segments along the way. And you actually do, I mean, like, in good literature, you do develop a, a bond with these fictional characters, but there are clues along the way. Like Monica says at one point that you really left Sayori hanging this moment, this morning. And uh, sometimes when you're creating your poem, you can choose words like depression and suicide and Sayori will be appeased. And Sayori seems to be like the happiest out of all of them. And it's, it's shit like that, that just boggles me that like, just they're so, so subtly peppered into the first two hours of this game that it's almost unnoticeable that like you can choose depression for your poem and Sayori's little icon will like rejoice and you're like, huh? Yeah, and well, that's interesting. Like using the user's guilt against them. Oh yeah, attention is an amazing tactic. Oh I yeah, think it does not get utilized. Obviously, it's kind of fucked up, but like it works beautifully. Exactly. And I should also also mention because like you mentioned like uh, you know that you're in for something different when you first boot up the game it says this game is not suitable for children yes. or people easily scared mm-hmm. and you're like and then like the opening title card drops and all the girls are super happy and anime posing and like the it- music's bouncing and you're like ah this is adorable and then like you get to Sayori just cold stark smash cut hanging. And you're like, what the fuck did I? It's like a totally different game that you stepped into. So going on, like you're hard kicked back to the menu where Sayori's character icon or character image is all glitched out and you start a new game and it proceeds for a little while as if you are restarting the game, except Sayori's name and dialogue is just like nondescript like characters, like little squares, like her character has been erased from the game when eventually then you are kicked into a new start to the game. No mention of Sayori. You go to the literature club and the first character you meet is Monica and the game proceeds from there as well. But it's not the same game. There are, there are increasingly tense arguments between the characters there is a hard focus on the, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't the thing is like with this game there, it's hard to say like describe it without getting ahead of yourself because like the big twist is that I don't even know what what I should say. Do you have anything and, to say right um, away? 
There, there's a lot. Um, Jolyn, did you have a thought or? Question? No, I don't know what's going on. I'm so excited. I want to hear everything. Okay, good, good. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, as people have already heard, I have, of course, a lot of thoughts on it, just because. Um, I feel like the culture of dating Sims has kind of been like in my head since for a while, you know, like um, you look at Newgrounds, for example, oh, yeah. the most played game of all time is Sim Girls, <laughs> probably the most direct title you could have for a game. It. I remember playing Orgasm Girl when I, when I was uh, <laughs> or yeah. Orgasm Fairy or whatever it yeah. was. It, it was a very very big market and it always has been and i think that's the beautiful the beautiful thing about um doki doki literature club it is able to capture that audience this large audience and bring them into a situation where they're surprised and they are given like a unique experience that's like cultivating and like in capturing um and I, I think that's why it got so big is that, of course, like one of the biggest things you can do with media is to elude intentions, you know, like do something unexpected and switch it up completely. And that's what they do beautifully. I mean, the whole concept of a dating sim is flipped on its head. And and as far as the genre of dating sims goes, you know that is so so needed mm-hmm. because dating oh, yeah. sims are cut and fucking dry. Well, that's the thing the is like you mentioned free games on Steam. You can find pages of pages free pages. dating simulators on Steam. And it's like, how do you? For, I mean, first of all, this wasn't his goal, obviously. But how do you separate yourself from all of that? Uh-huh. You know, yeah, exactly. how do you make it a unique experience? And I, I think. I mean, obviously, he that's not <laughs> the mode of thinking he was going for, mm-hmm. but I, I think that's a large majority of why it exploded as yeah. much as it did. Absolutely. You know, it's just like capturing this large audience, um, having details that are just so crazy, crazy and outrageous that it has to be shared, mm-hmm. and... Uh, of course, my whole thing is memes, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the outcropping of memes from it. You know, this like whole cultural monolith that sprung from it. it mm-hmm. It's vast and supreme. I, sorry, I, I, I'm gushing about this game, that and that's sorry. mostly drink. Son of a bitch. Fucking drink. <laughs> Careful. Drink, motherfucker. Hey, you. <laughs> So twice. That's what I get. My beer is empty. I guess I'm going to straight vodka. I was going to say, I'm out of beer and I'm already drinking a mixed drink. So I'm on another level from you guys. You're welcome. (laughs) Here we go. Um, any, any way to finish off my segment of interpersonal thoughts and feelings about Toki Doki Literature Club in this segment. Um, Yeah, no, just the tension is used beautifully. It understands what it's going for, and he cultivates it to Mm -hmm. be successful, and it's beautiful how it flows. Absolutely. Um, Um, And I've decided I 
don't really want to spoil much more ah, about. Uh, I need to know. I, I well, well know should so should bad. we talk more about like uh, bullet to, like highlights what and stuff? Next? To to do phrase it, um, I would segment the game into three acts. Yes. Okay. The the first act definitely ending with the hanging. Mm-hmm. That's when you are put into the game. I think that's yeah. when you are into the inner circle. Of I what's need to know like the, the next. Step. And I, I think uh, at the end of the second ha- act, you're kind of into the creator's mind. Dear also, God, I need And to you know. understand more of what's going on. And I think that's a unique experience that should be felt and experienced mm-hmm. through the user. Because it, it's very much so... Mm-hmm. what it's meant to be it's i i would almost phrase it as a personal attack to the user it's mm-hmm. beautiful and i mentioned <coughs> before like uh using um the player's guilt against them to create tension mm-hmm. and i think i've never seen a better example of this than in this game it's miraculous and yeah. i think um i remember playing it um I think it was December 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it around the same time. Yeah, too. yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it, fuck, it's been that long already, Jesus. Yeah. And I just remember this feeling that this kind of started like a new wave for the genre and like for games in general. He created this like system that could just like. It, it, it was kind of a mixed bag of feelings because it's like it, it opens this cap to this bottle and the bottle's open now mm-hmm. and you can pour it, but it's never going to be open again, oh, yeah. you know? It, it was just so beautiful for me. I, I don't know. I'm, I have a lot of endearment to the unique things that this game does mm-hmm. that I've never seen happen and I never thought could be possible. Exactly. And I, I I mean, I might just be overly sentimental to these things because of my personality and the things I enjoy, but it, it's just miraculous, man. Like, no, it's, shit. it's, it's a fantastic <laughs> game. Jolyn, do you have a free four hours after we wrap on this? Recording? Yes. Sold. <laughs> All right. Will, Will Jolin, and I, God, after we finish yeah. recording, will be playing Doki Doki Literature <laughs> That's Club. Hilarious. And jo- Jolin will be dictating the plot. Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm so um, I will finish. Uh, well, not finish. I will say that uh, for a horror video game, it has some of the best examples of meta narration, fourth wall breaking scares jump scares and uh ex- oh god hey drink he burps pure vodka now. nobody can hear it but take it do it i have some no i don't never mind yeah and it's like you're welcome fuck take i'll it. just take a shot actually funny story about this too um my best friends uh i actually got to know her because uh, we talked about Doki Doki, Doki Literature Club. Um, she was a volunteer at the Eighth Note, which now I'm an officer at. Um, and basically what they did um, during finals week is kind of like a closed off thing to volunteers. And twice uh, for two days, they played through the entirety of Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, man. Literature Club. 
voice acting it. Okay, there you oh, go. Oh, that's fun. And well, you know that's what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> oh, God, I don't think I have the energy. It's so draining from what they were saying. Oh, my gosh. If JoLynn doesn't say anything, she's going off to uh, fend off the horde of the undead that's accumulating outside of our door as we speak. Um, no, yeah, um, like I said, each playthrough of Doki Doki Literature Club can be different depending on the player. There are a lot of there are a lot of story beats that the game expects you to get to, but the route it takes you on can be very very different. And some of these scares don't even show up for normal users. Like there's one scare in particular that only shows up if you're capturing the game or live streaming the game, which I think is fucking brilliant. It's so amazing. Yeah, like like I said, I've never I mean, and like some of you may know, I don't play a whole, whole lot of horror video games because the disconnect between horror movies and horror video games is agency. Like playing something, you're deliberate. Like watching a horror movie, you're sitting there like, no, don't go into the creepy basement. <laughs> playing a horror video game, you're like, fuck, I have to go into the creepy basement. And I- going back watching someone play a horror game. Yeah, exactly. You go back to the experience of the movie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and I actually, that was a direct co- quote from uh, Derek from Stop, Skele- Stop Skeletons from Fighting, one of my favorite YouTube channels. Oh, shit. Who, well, sorry to step on him. No, it's all good. Well, it's, it's all good. It's like, and hopefully one of these days they uh, they uh, do actually come on for an interview, but uh, they're busy right now. Not to name drop for all my stop skeletons from fighting fans out there. Um, no, I've, so I've, I rarely horror video game is what I'm saying. Um, tension and suspense was beyond what I could have imagined with this game. I was so thoroughly impressed by it. And, and that comes a lot from what I was talking about before is they create new ways to do this. Like before <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, there was no way to create that in literature. And he in games finds so many unique ways to do that because it's not even like one. Oh yeah. Oh no, not even. It's so many, there are so many layers and so many different ways there. Cause there's the fourth wall breaking. There's the pure tension. There's the content there's the poems themselves, like oh, the, or the, se- the like. There are so many different ways this game scares you, yes. and for me personally, and it sounds like for you, it fucking worked. Like, so. like this game is one of my favorites. I think everyone should play it. We spoiled why it's a horror game, or at least we spoiled up to the point where it's a horror video game. And, um, Play the rest for yourself to find out what makes it a truly great horror video game. And, and to call back to a few of the... Looking at you, Jolyn. I'm so excited. <laughs> to call back to a few of the thoughts that we expressed earlier, I'd like to say that um, kind of a redactment. I, earlier I said there was kind of three acts in the game. Um, and kind of that final being where you're like initiated in all the inner workings of the game. Mm-hmm. I would say there's a fourth. Oh, yeah, that's right. There is kind of a fourth act. I Probably not what you were thinking about, but I'd love to hear about it after. Um, more so of this culture that comes from games 
um, from being an online medium now and the community that comes from it. And I think a lot of the stuff hidden within Doki Doki Literature Club only could be cultivated because of the community. Um, of course, all these people pouring hours and hours into the game to find secret little glitches mm. that only pop up once in a while, you know, secret little ways to like in the intentionally break the game too. Like, exactly. Which is very interesting. It's beautiful. And I think all like that beat stuff. the game at its own game and they had yes. an answer for that too <laughs> which i think is inherently amazing game design yeah and i think it was an intentionally made so that one sole player couldn't make the whole experience and mm-hmm. i think that's beautiful oh, yeah. to think that the game was almost fundamentally fundamentally created so you would have to work with other players and so you would have to be in the community to find certain parts of it and experience certain parts of it and get that whole picture. And even now, like years after, I kind of feel like we still don't have that full picture. Oh yeah. Because like, I think it was still like months and months after the release that people were still finding like hidden little Easter eggs in it. Uh, And you can't even call them Easter eggs because they're almost part of the main experience. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just like, it adds this kind of research factor to the game that makes it, segue into your everyday life yes i agree um doki doki literature club it's free on steam it's free free on the uh i don't know if it's the team salvato website or the there's a doki doki literature club website it's fucking there's both there's both i googled it earlier because i wanted to know more did Mm. you have you read any of the story though oh i does that count it yeah take a drink it doesn't really that doesn't count. Wanted, I'm not taking more drinks. Drink. <laughs> well, I, you, you're just taking a swig of beer. I have to take a fucking shot of vodka. Fuck the same. Um, <laughs> fucking. Uh, Sorry, Will. God damn it! That one counts. <laughs> no. You no, son. You son of a bitch. <laughs> that the latter wasn't on purpose. The first one was, but. You're welcome, kids. Oh, Take so many drinks. God. Get drunk while listening to this. You're playing Doki Doki Literature Club and be like, Ooh, Sayori! Ooh! <laughs> 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 I mean, for a second playthrough, being drunk is probably oh, a good idea. God damn it! <laughs> hey, Matt, have I told you that you're my favorite and I love you? I love you too, Jolene. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Um, Doki Doki Literature Club is free If you're a horror fan You owe it to yourself to play it If you're an anime fan You probably have played it There's a lot Um, to say about that too Graham, can we pause the episode While I go take care of the zombies That are rapidly approaching our front lawn Hold tight folks Come get some Alright you primitive screwheads Welcome back This is my boomstick. This is a double-barreled oh, Remington shotgun. S-Mart's so top of the line. This sweet baby was made podcast. in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's got a cobalt blue steel, hair trigger, and walnut stock. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S-Mart. You got that? I guess. Welcome back to Monsters at Midnight. <laughs> I want to milk that attitude. Oh boy! I fucked up the quote so bad, though. It was like, not bad. Very good. Thank I you. Just, 
I it's my dream to play Ash in Evil Dead the Musical. <laughs> if you're it's listening, musical. oh yeah, and it's yeah. amazing. Uh, if you're listening, off Broadway producers, <laughs> groovy. Boy, I'm not drunk enough for this. <laughs> groovy. All right, fuck this. Um, so we talked about the stepfather. We yes. talked about Doki Doki Literature Club. We did indeed. <laughs> All right, Jolyn. Thank you. I. <laughs> oh no. Revisiting. Why do you keep eating hot sauce? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Will you primitive screwheads. Fuck you. It's okay. just Will. It's not me. Come on now. Screwhead. No uh, Will, but I did not do that. Sorry. God. Okay. <laughs> to be fair. Since we started. Hot so sauce hot is sauce. supremely filling, full of flavor, and it's just an all-around amazing experience. You're fucking nuts, dude. Stay tuned for the wing fiasco. Oh, my God. That doesn't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, I blacked out. This this episode actually will probably be out after the... Yeah, so never mind. I hope you watched it. I'm proud of this. And to all my friends who don't know I vape, I'm trying to quit smoking. So there we go. Get your life together. (laughs) Fucking... Jolene. Are we going to finish this podcast? Yes, Christ. You're welcome. We're down to 17 minutes. Yes. Um, okay, so we brought up Stepfather, Doki Doki, 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 Doki Literature Club, and like all shit that's revolved around love and horror. We've talked about on the podcast before, JoLynn actually eloquently and in her true fashion does all her research because she cares. Um, found out. Found out that the emotions experienced in fear is comparable to emotions feel feel felt during felt during attraction, right? Arousal specifically. Yes, yes you're right. So it's true. We're gonna talk about <laughs> romance and horror. What's the correlation? Why does it work? What are some of our favorite examples? I'm gonna start with Jolyn. Go. <laughs> wow. Uh, well. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Shit. God damn. Fuck. Son of a bitch. Oh, my Fair God. enough, you fuckwad. Oh, oh, they're drinking. I'm going to let them drink. Cause I don't have, I, mine's I out. Mine's that. done. I don't have anything left. Step up. Okay, put fucking of vodka bitch. in my mug now. This is where we're at. I hurt myself. Today. <laughs> that that's a lot. <laughs> I don't have mixers. She's preparing. All right. I'm fine. I'll Salute be good. You. I Cheers. Have hot sauce. Salute. Salute. Okay. Anyway. Chasing it with water. Chasing it with hot sauce. Sorry. I've been loud the entire podcast though, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Um, romance and horror. So. I feel like last year we kind of talked about how, um, like, the hormones released during, like, fear is similar to that of attraction. Um, And so it's very similar to what we're talking about today, where it's, like, a lot of horror movies have a lot of romantic aspects because I think they both kind of work together and they're both uh, really similar, where it's, like, when you get scared... And when you are attracted to something, they're really similar emotions. But. Sweaty palms. Uh, something like that. <laughs> uh, 
Knees weak, arms heavy, mom's skinny. Oh, get out of here. You're banned from Monsters at Midnight. Oh, you're come fired. On. I said banned, but then I added fired. So you're welcome. It Take a drink. Same thing. Take a drink, both of you. Get your life together. Anyway, um, get some help. I'll try to not clang as much as I'm director. <laughs> I used to be really against horror movies and their reliance on romance in their films because I always felt that. Um, you know, storylines don't really need romantic arcs to be successful. Uh, but as time progresses, I realize that I actually really like romantic arcs. So, because there what are a lot revelation of revelation we've had here. Oh, in Monsters of Midnight, where dreams do come true. So you have Nosferatu, you have Dracula, you have Frankenstein, you have a lot of the originals that are just like really romantically based. Um, and then as you get into more modern horror movies, they don't really have the romantic basis that the older movies had. Um, but I think there's like a weird balance there that kind of works where it's like you can enjoy a romantic arc and uh, you can also enjoy a horror movie for what it is that doesn't have a romantic arc. They can both be good. Um, but... Uh, so, like, with people like, um, I don't know, like, uh, I mean, Clive Barker is really good at that, where it's a very romanticized horror film, but he doesn't necessarily have, like, a romantic arc in his film. It's just sort of romanticized, where it's more, like, fantasy, and I can really dig that. I really like it. And Guillermo del Toro is kind of like that, too, where it's, like... He doesn't necessarily have like a romantic storyline, but it is a really romanticized plot where it's fictional and like the shape of water. And yeah. Stuff like that. Well, I mean, the, the, the shape of water does have a romantic storyline and but let's look at Pan's Labyrinth where it's like there's no romance there. It's not like this girl is attracted to somebody and that's the whole driving point of the film. But it's definitely romanticized where it's like everything sort of has this like it's like a love based background. You got this. I, well, I, it's, it's hard to describe because it's not like it's not like the character in Pan's Labyrinth is like super attracted to somebody and that's the basis of the film. It's just that, um, you know, her love for her family. So I guess it's like a different basis of love um, that really drives the film. And I can dig that a lot more than like a platonic romance love of a film uh, driving the film. Anyway... What are your opinions? I'm gonna shut up. Do you have any uh, thoughts on the correlation? That's a drink right there. What? That was about as close to him. What'd sorry. she say? Like, what? It's like, I'm gonna shut up now. No, that doesn't count. Uh, it was close. That doesn't count. It was close. Uh, um, okay. um, do you yeah. have any thoughts on the correlation between romance and horror, William? Oh, well. <laughs> this is one another another one of those topics that I can dig into. Um so um my big thing is always contrast and conflicting elements. I love things that clash as far as genres, as far as topics. Um, 
And when it comes to horror romance, it's like there's a certain amount of comfort that's supposed to be implicit to romance. But then like horror just contracts that. And I, I just love that like juxtaposition. I've always loved that. Like, I love adult cartoons, you know? I just love all these things that are supposed to be complete opposites but are melded together and kind of give the best things of both and contrast the worst things of both. And I just... Just to see how it comes together and just experience this medium that, like, shouldn't exist, you know, by all the compatibility charts... It's wonderful, and I actively seek that out, honestly. There you go. And especially with Doki Doki Literature Club, it's just like, it flows, because, you know, it's two things I really like, and they're very different, and it just works. Mm -hmm. And what's more romantic and horrifying than that, you know? Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. Um. Because I don't have a whole lot else to add. I think, um, and I actually incorporated this a lot into a horror script I wrote recently. I think a lot of us deep down are afraid of commitment and are afraid of love and are afraid of disappointing people. And that's why horror or romance is such an easy topic to interject into horror films. Because we do have, deep down, I think we're afraid of like sex and romance and commitment and attraction because it's like oh am i pretty enough am i big enough am i am i athletic enough am i yada 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 enough and it's like stuff like that like it's a fear and that lends itself well well to horror because it's like is this person truly into me is this person a monster like no one's that beautiful stuff like that i don't have a whole lot else to add because i think you two put it very eloquently and said you put it eloquently (laughs) have you watched jack each other off why don't you i'm so sorry happy valentine's day (laughs) god amazing segue i apologize take a drink oof i'm having more of your beer because if i have another shot of vodka (laughs) i will actually die on this show spirit Thank you, Jolyn. Sorry. Fuck. Don't count that. I was just... Okay. Um, moving forward, some of our favorite examples in the genre. This time... Or, like, romance horror. Some of our favorite examples. This time, I'll start with you, Will. Ha! It, it, <laughs> that was pretty good. It, it's funny because I was um, invited to the segment a month ago, and I was given a month to think about the topic the topic was directly stated the correlations were directly stated and i'm not gonna lie i couldn't think of many examples we do kind of plan (laughs) on this show by the way (laughs) yeah i'm giving you guys a lot more credit than you thought you deserved i brought it back Ah, good save (laughs) good save um Um, no, no, um, honestly, I couldn't think of many, you know, obviously it gets kind of subjective. I know you guys are a lot smarter when it comes to the differences between genres of horror, thriller, and like all this 
fucking offshoots of that genre. Oh, stop it. <laughs> what? I thought, she, I thought she came right up to the mic. I thought she had something more to say. And she's just like, oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, guys, you guys are super smart when it comes to that. These we, genres, Will, you're smart. It. You are smart too, and we appreciate. I that. make meme film for senior. <laughs> That's what you gotta do, man. That's what you fucking gotta stick it to him. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, I. I don't know. It's like I, I love it as a concept, and when I think of something as horror, uh, romance, I love it. You know, it's amazing, but. Um, I don't know. Like, like a lot, of, a lot of the stuff I like is more of like horror, th- like romance thriller. I'm sorry. I like. I said because our roommates are screaming, and I just said wrestling game to Jolyn, <laughs> and I thought I said it quiet enough, but I hope the mic picked it up. <laughs> so like you're talking about like romance and horror and stuff, and I'm just like wrestling game <laughs> <laughs> off in the, in the corner please continue though. no i, I, didn't I mean love to, to have a podcast specifically about gachimuchi and <laughs> i'm sorry i keep on fucking name dropping anyway um i i don't know i i can think of a lot more examples of romance thriller and then i kind of romance horror and i think that speaks wonders to this sort of sub small genre that mm. it is I think it's an amazing field that I think a lot more uh, artists and producers should attack small little crossings of opposite genres because I love it to high hell. You know, I appreciate that so much. Like, I I remember the class I was in with Graham, I tried to make a Blue's Clues parody that was like a fucking like horror elder god type spin on it. That sounds amazing, (laughs) by the way. As as many of my projects, I didn't finish it, but... Been there. (laughs) Been there. Oh, God. Anyway, I just appreciate that crossing, and I, I wouldn't say I have a specific favorite... I just love the idea altogether of it. And when I hear it, I want to experience it. Fair enough. You know? So, I, I don't know. Easiest answer, Doki, just because that's the only one I could think of. That's fair. <laughs> that's totally fair. I know I put you on the spot, too. You're fine. You're fine. I had a month to think of something better. <laughs> well, not really, because I gave you the topics like yesterday. So, and so. That's, that's me. Good old Matt. <laughs> Jolyn, it wasn't your fault. Jolyn, some of your favorite examples. Of what? 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 Of romance, horror, ro- romance thrillers. Um, I mean, Nightbreed is so good. Uh, Clive Barker. Yeah, Clive Barker. Uh, otherwise... Danny Elfman, too. He did the music for Nightbreed. Right. Speaking right. of Danny Elfman, does fucking uh, my favorite movie count Which? as romantic horror. What? Forbidden Say it. Zone. Say it. It's Forbidden Zone. Forbidden Zone. God, I fucking love you, Will. I'm so glad. Favorite movie of all time. JoLynn showed it to me. I owe Dead. everything to her because I'm of so her. happy. We're going down, down, down. How far can you go? Fuck my love you guys. Into. Uh, You're fine. Suck my dick. Um, God oh. damn it. <laughs> 
That was the thing. That I didn't wow. even, yeah, it I does. I didn't mean to. So if it helps, it fucking counts. It, uh, I didn't mean to. I just really want people to suck my dick. I'm having a drink of alcohol. Right. Uh, otherwise, um, Guillermo del Toro just his romantic horror films are so good. Like Mama. I mean, it's like kind of childhood based, but it's also very romantic. And a lot of his films are like that, where it's like Pan's Labyrinth is really like that. And uh, The Orphanage, even, there's like some romantic basis to that. It's still mostly parenthood, but it's uh, it's romantic in the sense that it's just like, it's less about like the shock factor and most about like the um, the emotional baggage, I guess. I don't know. Um, but so anything by anything by uh, Guillermo del Toro and Clive Barker, I'll stand behind. That's where I'm at. Trash. Fuck All right, you, fair Graham. Enough. All Fuck right. you, Graham. Suck my dick. There you go. <laughs> Take a drink. Suck my dick. Sorry. All right. Uh, Graham said our uh, time is running short because Graham needs to return to his fucking coffin and go to bed. Um, I'll just rapid fire list some of the. Uh, examples I have, which aren't really horror, or most of them really aren't, but uh, we're going anyway. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, there you go. Blue Velvet, there you go. Basic Instinct, uh, Psycho, and another video game, Silent Hill 2. Also think, Mandy. Think, Mandy's very romantic. Yeah, Mandy. Yeah. Mandy too. Silent Hill too. A lot of uh, Freudian image imagery and um, romance and imagery. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, oh, um, take a drink. There you go. You're welcome. Anyway. Welcome back to the Zima Podcasting Network. I don't know why <laughs> I said that. And I'll ask you. The, uh, fuck, oh, there's hey, another one. There's hey, another. Hey, I'm hey, done hey, drinking, hey, by hey, the way, hey, because I am feeling it. Oh, but uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to the February Valentine's Day Love Fuck or, uh, edition of wow. Monsters of Midnight. Jo- wow. Jolyn didn't like that one. Um, again, thank you all so much for making us get into the top 200 of film and TV related podcasts on iTunes that's unfucking real to me considering how on the screen grab Graham posted we're like one below an entertainment weekly podcast on Game of Thrones like uh, fuck wow. like I know wow. like thank you guys that's unfucking real um JK it was all photoshopped <laughs> I believe it Oh, by the way, uh, thank you. I don't know the artist's name, but whoever came up with our new logo, too. Yeah, thank you. Th- yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to their work in the description. Thank, thank them, too. The, that logo's fucking rad. description because nobody can hear him. Jolyn also is missing an arm in the fucking... Yeah. yeah. I noticed. Don't say that. I also now they have... won't be able to unsee that. I don't have any tattoos. I was so against that. So my No, like Jolyn's missing half her arm secretly yeah. in the. I, I wanted to, but uh, it's a nice logo. I it's like a it. great logo. I love the logo. I was, I was thinking about like sending it back in Rhea, but then I was like, you know, there's some sort of charm to this. I love it. It's just so kind of gimpy, like it. the way the show <laughs> wow. is. Um, Why did you have to use that? It's uh, so useful in this wow. situation. Hey, happy, fuck you, Will. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, thank you guys 
all of you for listening. <laughs> Always listen to the Zima Podcast <laughs> Network. Yes. Zima Podcasting Network dot com. Yeah. There's another one. Just throw Burp. up on the he camera. Burped. So take a drink. Come on now. Um Jolyn, you're the best. Mm, fuck you. Will, you're great. <laughs> Time Love to go you, back Will. to 2017. It was nice being here. I'll Bye. go back to fucking 2010. Oh shit, that's a good year. Jolyn is not a happy with us I'm right so now. Spent. Um, thank you guys for listening. Graham, thank you for producing the it's fucking the show. Outro ever. Get the hell Bye guys. Have a good night. <laughs> now, we as you. we return to our coffins, we await for the sun to sit, sink back below the horizon so we can emerge and wreak havoc on the streets. If you'll excuse me for Valentine's Day, I'm going to go down on a pumpkin. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Garnishing your ham with pineapple? Pair it with a delicious Chardonnay to make their taste buds swirl. Deviled eggs are even better when paired with a light, dry wine like a bubbly Prosecco or a Pinot Grigio. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can help you find the perfect one in your budget. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two day only deals.